to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome my 335th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. well my highlight of the week is Philip Rivers of the San Diego Chargers, excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers, yesterday completing 28 of 29 passes, including 22 in a row, as the Chargers trounced Arizona 45-10. to 10. It was an epic performance for Rivers, record-setting, and just amazing to see. I watched it on NFL Red Zone, and it was truly uh, just something to behold as Philip Rivers continues to have one of his best seasons ever, and the Chargers are firmly uh, in contention. They're now in the wild card hunt and uh, behind the Chiefs, of course, but they're looking like a definite contender as we head towards the postseason in the NFL. Big game coming up against the Steelers uh, this Sunday night. Should be awesome, and that leads right into my bizarre story of the week, which was the Steelers losing at the end on a bizarre interception by a defensive lineman, of all people. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger had taken him down to like the two-yard line, and on what was a play that never looked smooth, uh, threw it right over the middle and was intercepted just a couple yards behind the line of scrimmage uh, by the Broncos, and even Ben said it was one of the... uh, Uh, weirder interceptions he's ever thrown. And it was really, from the Steeler point of view, uh, odd in a game where they had scored two of their best touchdowns of the year. First, of course, was kicker Chris Boswell on a fake field goal, throwing a perfect pass to offensive tackle Alexander Villanueva in the end zone for a touchdown. And then right at the beginning of the second half, uh, Big Ben hit Juju Smith-Schuster with a 97-yard touchdown pass and run. And just two of the best dealer plays of the whole season. But in the end, it was all for naught as they lost to the Broncos. And this loss could really sting them. Uh They were the number two seed in the AFC. That means a bye week. And home field 
for the divisional round, and they would have retained that with the victory. Instead, they lost to the Broncos, and it's bye-bye to the bye week for now. They slipped down to number four behind not only the Patriots, but also the Houston Texans, who play the Titans tonight on Monday Night Football. And as some of the announcers were saying yesterday, uh, it could be tough for the Steelers to get back to that number two seed, which is just so valuable. You get the bye week, you're guaranteed your first game at home in the playoffs. And uh, the Steelers' schedule looks really tough, as I already mentioned. They got the Chargers on Sunday night. Then they have the Patriots and what's shaping up again to be the game of the year, potentially. And then uh, they play the New Orleans Saints down in the Dome. So they've got their work cut out for them. And, of course, they have uh, mixed with that game out in Oakland against the Raiders, as well as a game uh, against the Bengals. So that number two seed uh, is going to be tough for the Steelers to uh, climb back into. Of course, it could all come down to, obviously, uh, their game against the Patriots in a few weeks in Pittsburgh, by the way. So yesterday, again, huge, huge loss for the Steelers, especially coming off their amazing comeback victory over the Jaguars the week before. Uh, not a surprise. Denver's a hard place for anybody to, to win in, always, always. And suddenly the Broncos are... Uh, kind of back in the conversation. Well, my low light of the week was the Dolphins blowing a fourth quarter lead in Indianapolis to the Colts. And they blew it mainly, especially on the last series, by going conservative. Uh, couldn't believe they just did a couple runs on the last series, thereby handing the ball back to Andrew Luck, who made a great play and on the last drive, a scramble and a pass completion to set up uh, the best kicker ever, Adam Vinatieri, for an easy game-winning field goal. And uh, that was that. And there was lots of other great action, as always. Uh, the Packers are just... Uh, Sinking. It's bad and getting worse for them. And it was really punctuated last night uh, in their loss to the Vikings when Aaron Rodgers, of all people, missed pretty much a wide open Devontae Adams late in the game. He made a great move to be pretty open in the end zone, and Rodgers simply overthrew threw him. It's just something we're never used to seeing. And he's done it a couple times recently. So a uh, bit of a shocker there. Not that the Vikings won. They were playing in Minnesota. And they're a good team. Uh, but uh, just to see Aaron Rodgers uh, miss a wide open receiver uh, at the critical juncture late in the game uh, was really, really shocking. And... Something else that's kind of shocking as the weeks roll along here is the uh, Cleveland Browns. They uh, did in the Bengals yesterday, uh, and they're looking good. Uh, now one 
I believe, four games and, uh, you know, have become the darlings of America. I think everybody's just rooting for the Browns after their horrible last few seasons and Baker Mayfield's really, really exciting. And, uh, of course, there was the Browns player who made an interception, handed the ball to former Browns head coach, Hugh Jackson, who's now a, an assistant with the Bengals. And uh, that was interesting to see. We also had uh, Lamar Jackson, 2-0 as the Ravens starter, leading the Ravens to victory, a lot of it with his legs. So uh, he's bursting on the scene, along with all of his fellow rookie quarterbacks who were uh, all uh, making some statements or at minimum showing flashes. Uh, The Jaguars, I mentioned them earlier, lose to the Steelers last week. Uh, Got in a fight yesterday with the Bills, lost to the Bills in Buffalo, and they're simply falling apart. I think I don't even know how many rows, how many games in a row they've been, they've lost. But ever since they beat the Patriots in September, down there in Jacksonville, they've basically fallen apart. So they're pretty much done. I think they were done last week, but now they're really, really, really done. Uh, the Seahawks—they're rising as the Panthers uh, are sinking, losing their third in a row. Uh, Seattle and Russell Wilson went down to Carolina. Won a tough game yesterday, and uh, again, Seahawks are kind of on their rise. They got four of their last five in Seattle, 12th man and all that good stuff. So uh, things are looking pretty good for them. Philadelphia Eagles, you can never count out a defending champion. And they were down, I think, like 19 to nothing to the Giants and came back to steal a victory in that one. So, again, they're not dead yet. They're lucky to be in the AFC East, and I think they're only one game out now. So they're uh, they're not going to go down without uh, without fighting. So good for them. And, uh, again, just a great, great Thanksgiving weekend full of uh, terrific NFL action, the games on uh, Thanksgiving Day. All good as well. Um, so, really, really fun to watch. Uh, nothing like four days of football. Mixed in with some uh, college football as well. And uh, we're going to get to that with our guest, A.P. Stedham, in the next segment. So, for now, let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? 
If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 888 346-9144 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net and it's that time of the show when we when our weekly call-in expert A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us and A.P., how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, John. Thank you so much. I had a great holiday weekend and really had a good time. That's good. Yes, it was a wonderful holiday weekend and uh lots of football ap and you saw of course uh quite possibly the premier game the one everyone wanted to see on saturday which was uh the iron bowl number one and undefeated alabama hosting auburn uh it's always always impactful game on the national scene and it was that that and more on Saturday. You were there. How was it? Yeah, John, it was an electrifying atmosphere. The weather was perfect. The sun popped out, and they, John, if you can believe this, had the two helicopters drying the field before the game. So I guess uh, maybe that's the new way to dry off a field. I saw that. Yes, that was uh, in the pregame or whatever, and yeah, so you must have had some pretty serious rain prior to the sun popping out. Yeah, we had some rain. We sure did, but it, it stayed um, stayed away during the ball game, so that was great. And uh, Alabama, they came out, and, and to no one's surprise, Auburn played well in the first half. I mean, they they were going to you know try to salvage some of their season by beating Alabama. They gave them a good challenge in the first half, and. But did Alabama took over in the second half and outscored them thirty-one to seven for a fifty-two thirty-one final, thirty-one points over your your arch rival on um, on Thanksgiving weekend. So you know, two had another great performance, set a record five touchdown passes, one rushing, responsible for six in that game. So he continues just to impress, and 
he's been sensational the entire season. Absolutely. Um, yes, it was uh, very impressive. I mean, Auburn, to their credit, was game in the first half. And, uh, you know, but Alabama just stormed out in the second half, got a, you know, got a touchdown right off the bat, and they were off and running. And, uh, yeah, so no surprise there. Uh, I think Auburn took it basically as far as they could take it. And then uh, Alabama showed its its true colors in the second half, and they came out uh, firing on all cylinders. So good stuff, AP. And, uh, yeah, how was the atmosphere? It must have been terrific. Yeah, the atmosphere, Alabama fans were really excited. They had an inkling they would win this game, and last year it was the other way around. So a lot of people there, and I think tickets were kind of scarce, really, for this ball game. And like I say, the the weather cooperated, and uh, everybody was out in full force. Uh, you know, it was just it was just a pleasure to be there because you're watching. I think it's history making with two at quarterback for Alabama. They now have scored 588 points, school record, and they have some games to be played, at least two more. And so I guess it'll be the first time they surpass 600 points. Oh really? At five eighty-eight right now, I, I guess you're going to score more than twelve points in the next two ball games. Oh my gosh! Well, I think that's a, a lock in Tua again. You know, the more I watch him, AP, the more you know, the more impressed I am. He is truly, truly something special, and uh, yeah, I don't think they'll have any problem scoring uh, the necessary points to set the record. And, uh, yeah, so this Sunday, or Saturday, excuse me, this Saturday at, I believe, 4 p.m. is the SEC championship game and against Georgia, a rematch of last year's national championship game. Down, It's down in Atlanta, again, by coincidence, where the national championship game was played. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, I, I think right off the bat, you have to assume that given how well Georgia played last year and lost in overtime to Alabama in the national championship game, that, you know, they're not going to be intimidated by the tide. Oh, no, that's something that, uh, that has an effect on the game, John, because we had discussed this in the past at Clemson the first time they played Alabama. They were excited to be there, but they were slightly in awe. But then that right. second time they came out... There was no fear, and they ended up winning that game. So Georgia, although they lost a lot of people defensively, they still have the quarterback. They have those good running backs, uh, DeAndre Swift and Elijah Holifield and uh, Calvin Ridley's brother. He's, he's very good. He had an excellent game against Alabama last year. And then you have Kirby Smart. That's the X factor. I mean, he, he knows the tendencies for Alabama defensively and and so that that's a little bit of an edge, but you have to have the athletes and the talent to compete, which they do. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that should be great. Of course, in the beautiful Mercedes Dome, and uh, down in Atlanta where the Falcons play. And one good thing, AP, they'll be able to serve uh, Chick Fil A on Saturday, right? <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> that may be the best thing of all. Right, right. I'm sure they'll be out in full force, Chick Fil A. Right, they're not open on Sundays for anyone who's not aware. 
uh, any no Chick Fil A anywhere is open on Sundays, and <laughs> that includes the one inside the Mercedes Benz Dome in Atlanta. But yeah, so you, I'm sure you're excited. That's just going to be, uh, you know, Georgia is really on a serious roll in recent weeks. Of course, they lost earlier to LSU, but uh, the last couple weeks, AP, they've been ringing it up in the 40s. Yeah, they've rectified any problems that they've had with their offense, it seems, because they have good balance. I mean, and the top teams in that top echelon, they usually d- display offense with its balance with the run and the pass. And, you know, Georgia has good running backs, good quarterback, good receivers, and the tight end as well. And then they have that All-American caliber-type uh, field goal kicker, Rodrigo right. Blankenship. And he can exactly. from a long distance in a big game. No doubt about it. Um, you know, and speaking of big games, AP, the Ohio State-Michigan game, that was really something uh, practically otherworldly when you think about it. Uh, no one, and I mean no one, expected that outburst from Ohio State. 62 points, I believe. Many records and whatnot were set. Michigan, one of the best defenses in the country. Some would say the best. And, uh, boy, for them to just get torched like that was uh, nothing short of shocking. Yeah, I mean, and they had played well defensively all season. The only uh, caveat that we had mentioned last show, I believe, was the fact that we were not sure that Michigan had played against a dynamic offense. Correct. Uh, I, I thought Michigan would have enough on defense to hold off Ohio State and win in Columbus, but they did not. I mean, 62 points, all those records being set. You know, Don Brown, he's the coordinator. I guess he's a well, you know, good reputation, great reputation, matter of fact, yes. as a defensive coordinator. But something went haywire for sure. I mean, for, for Ohio State, it was really a normal game because you know how they gave up 45 to Maryland. Correct, the week before. And so give, giving up a lot of points and running a lot of points is not unusual. And them outscoring the opponent with a big outburst themselves, that's natural. But I never thought on all this time I've been watching Michigan football that I'd see a team put on put up 62, especially their arch-rival Ohio State. Exactly, and what really I found befuddling was, uh, you know, when Ohio State was in control of the game early, but then in the second quarter, when Michigan finally kind of woke up and got on the board uh, with a touchdown, then they scored a second touchdown six seconds later when the Ohio State uh, kick returner fumbled. Michigan recovers, scores on the next play, and boom, there you have it, 14 points and six seconds and I thought oh okay well here we go you know Michigan's righted itself they clearly did what they needed to do was just sort of stem the tide uh and so you know heading into halftime I feel like you know you know everybody was expecting just a great great second half and uh for high drama and it just didn't turn out that way and Michigan had so much to play for most notably the college football playoff, Final Four invitation, not to mention Big Ten East Championship, on and on and on. And just the year they've had, the revenge tour, all of it. So uh, really one of the more shocking halves of football I think any of us have seen in a long time, AP. I think so. John, that was 21-21 halftime, was that correct? 
It was something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, it was close. Yes, yes. yeah. I mean, I competitive for sure. Replay a little bit yesterday. I had a moment, a few moments, because uh, I was occupied Saturday, obviously. But it's right. a forty-one point second half. I mean, forty-one points in the game itself would have been a large number, but to have that in one half against Michigan, and they prided themselves on their defense this year, rightfully so. It, it was extremely surprising. I. And like you said, you mentioned all the implications and Jim Harbaugh trying to reach that top echelon as a power five coach at his alma mater. I mean, he did it at Stanford, of course, but um, I, I was just I was so taken back by that score. I, I just didn't believe I had to read it twice. I know. I know. I'm sure you did. I was watching it and I couldn't believe what I was seeing and uh I'm sure many millions of others who are watching it would say the exact same thing. It was just uh, stunning, and now we have, uh, you know, now we're down to basically the championship games, the, uh, you know, as well as the uh, college football playoff selection of the Final Four on Sunday, the day after, and... uh, so Alabama, of course, still number one. They're playing Georgia, who is uh, number four, right? Um, well, they 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 will be uh, probably John coming up. Well, they'll uh, yeah. tonight. They've already been named when, fourth. Yeah, fourth, right? And then yeah, when they announced that Tuesday in the college football poll, they'll 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 announce them. And of course, Michigan was in that spot last week going into the. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend, but you know, then you have Oklahoma close by. They they outlasted West Virginia. I mean, all kind of scenarios can happen now. And I'm so sad that Central Florida lost their quarterback. Me too. Me too. That was just devastating. Um, just devastating. Uh, yeah, I was of course referring to the uh, Football Writers Association poll, which has already come out, and they yes. have Georgia at number four, Oklahoma at number five. Yes. And Ohio State moved up to number six. So uh, either Georgia or Alabama is going to lose on Saturday. Presumably Georgia, Alabama's favored. And then Oklahoma plays Texas. <laughs> Serious rivalry game there, let alone in the postseason for the mm-hmm. Big 12 championship. Yeah, it's something. So Ohio State, just a complete what we were talking about, the Michigan-Ohio State game, uh, they're, they're still in the running if a couple things break their way. So we shall see. Uh, and AP, hard to believe. These segments go so quickly on these football weekends, but we are at the end of our first segment together, but we still uh, need to continue the conversation and touch on the epic uh, seven-overtime game. <laughs> Texas A&M and LSU, 74-72 to 72 was the final score, A&M won. Uh, I was watching deep into the Saturday night, and it was incredible. Uh, but we'll get to that on the other side of the break. The opening kickoff is a beauty. Two point eight seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. 
school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-888. 346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we were talking all things college football in the previous segment, as we often do and always do this time of year. And let's jump into, well, we have two things to get to. First, uh... Yeah, the Texas A&M LSU seven overtime game final score A&M wins seventy four seventy two. AP, I tuned in. Uh, you know, 
midway in the fourth quarter, and little did I know I was going to get like basically a whole game still to go. And uh, <laughs> it was just incredible. And what made it incredible for me, AP, was that, you know, in the third overtime, you have to go for two. And for those two teams to match each other through those final few overtimes of, you know, not only either they both missed the two-point conversion or they both made the two-point conversion in the specific exact same overtime. That's what really, really uh, made that game genuinely unique. It was all about, and what was, and the best part of it all, AP, was just that they were making plays. It was like, again, they were making plays. They weren't not making plays, you know, on both sides. So they were just matching each other. You know, touchdown for touchdown and two-point conversion for two-point conversion. And it was just a sight to behold. I, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. It was one, clearly one of the greatest college football games in history. The highest scoring college football game in history. I think that pretty well says it all. And it tied with two other games uh, to go seven overtime. So tied with two other games for the longest game in college football history. So... It was something to watch, AP, that's for sure. Yeah, I I wasn't sure that LSU would win that game. I, right. I, I just, because A&M, it was big for them. I, I'm not sure that A&M had um, actually beat LSU since they've been in the SEC. So they should, I don't I have to think that so. Up. That's a good point. And so I know it was important to them. Of course, it's the last home game for their seniors and wrapping up the season, so I know it was very important and you're trying to build something with Jimbo Fisher and his staff. Uh, but LSU, I mean, you know, they they were just playing for a good bowl, I know, you know, a better bowl game, really, essentially. But um, A&M just hung right in there, and next thing you know, it's all those overtimes, and heck, it must have went on for four hours or so, John, wasn't it? Four hours something. Oh, easily. Easily. It felt like it went on for four hours from when I tuned in in the fourth quarter. <laughs> And AP, uh, let's not forget that that game was basically over. LSU coach Ed Ogeron was actually given a Gatorade bath, as in victory. But uh, the quarterback for A&M, Mond, had, uh, his knee had touched down on a play that would have been the winning interception for LSU, so he was down before he threw the ball. But it came down to the last play to even set up the overtime where uh, again, Kellen Mond threw a perfect pass on the last play of the game, as in no time on the clock in regulation, uh, to send the game to overtime. So there was lots of drama before it ever even went to overtime. And uh, as in LSU thinks it's literally celebrating like it won the game, only to have it not not come to fruition because of a penalty. And then A&M turned running right around and, tying it on the last play of the game. So just really incredible. Uh, the crowd, no surprise, was great out there. The 12th man, uh, A&M, Lubbock, all of it. Uh, they, they were wonderful. The announcers did just a great job of, like, consistently setting the scene as we got into 1 a.m. Eastern time and beyond. And uh, so just really, really uh, one of the great games ever, without a doubt. 
Yeah, yeah John, there was no drama, question. as you said, at the end of the game, all through the overtimes. And then at the end of the game, I guess there was a little fracas going on between the coaching staffs. So I heard. So I heard. Yes, that's, you know, it's always something. Uh, a lot of that going on. Uh, North Carolina and North Carolina State had a pretty serious brawl, uh, I noticed. Uh, went on uh, for a pretty long time. Uh, uh, you know, as football fights go, this was kind of a long one. It kept extending and extending and spreading out into little other little skirmishes, what have you, on the edges. And uh, so, yeah, emotions running high, as always, right? Yeah, absolutely. I just never understood the value of starting a, a fight with a football, wearing a football helmet. You try to punch someone. Exactly. You're exactly. Gonna, you're going to really, you're going to hurt yourself, really. Well, based on what I saw with the North Carolina, uh, North Carolina State game, uh, there's a lot of sore hands today from hitting helmets <laughs> <laughs> and pads. I mean, I couldn't believe it. That's a, it's funny you say that, AP. That's exactly what I was thinking when I watched that. Like, geez. They're just like hitting each other's helmets. That can't feel good. Um, no. So, yeah, it was, uh, uh, again, emotions run high. It's rivalry weekend, obviously, and uh, that's exactly what we have. And speaking of rivalries, let's not forget, uh, you know, Notre Dame, USC. USC really come out to play. Had an early 10-point lead in the Coliseum as, uh, where the Irish have had their trouble over the years. Uh, but undefeated Notre Dame, number three, they're going to the college football playoff for sure. And, you know, they did what they had to do and it wasn't pretty, but they really hung in there and fought back and, you know, they were behind and stuff like the largest deficit they faced all year, things like that. But they weathered the storm and, uh, the Irish are, you know, complete an undefeated season. They do not have a championship game, so they're really sitting pretty. Yeah, they have all this time to heal and prepare f- to play against the other team, and so they're in a good position. Uh, when I saw that score, I was I was thinking to myself, this will live for a long time if they happen to lose this game when you, you have to play a, a USC team that has been played with you know, bad football all season and you know can't score and and you can't defend and here you are just trailing and I said this is going to be a total disaster unless Notre Dame wins this game. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know even the announcers uh, early in the game on Saturday night were talking about how with everything at stake, Notre Dame had didn't seem to have the energy to match USC, who just come out. You know, firing on all cylinders with JT Daniels, their freshman quarterback. And, you know, as often happens, the, the so-called underdog, lesser team, starts fast at home, uh, which is always, always, at minimum, a formula you need to pull off an upset. They were not able to do it. Uh, but, you know, they, they, they showed up, that's for sure. And uh, on the flip side, Notre Dame you know, did gather their energy and did, you know, uh, exert their, uh, you know, their, their better talent and the fact that they're a better team as the game wore along and uh, made the plays they needed to make in the second half. So all credit to them. So uh, Notre Dame is going to be in the college football playoff with Clemson, 
uh, and Alabama, presumably, if they win their championship games. And uh, and then it's all up for grabs with number four. Will it be Georgia's number four currently, Oklahoma's number five? If Georgia loses to Alabama, then Oklahoma theoretically should move up to number four to secure that final spot. And they played West Virginia in Morgantown. They beat them in a really, really exciting Big 12-style game. And Oklahoma's offense is just incredible. Um, they scored during warm-ups, John, I think. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Getting off the bus. I mean, that quarterback, he has that baseball-type arm. So yes. he could be in some of the most awkward positions, yet he's able to release the ball and throw it with accuracy and authority. And, the, of course, their defense, they they can't tackle at all, which I don't quite understand. I mean, even if you're... You're not able to defend, let's say, at the line of scrimmage. I mean, at least make the tackle in the secondary, right? Uh, but right. But you have shown no, you know, no uh, proficiency in that area as well. Oh, I know. I know. Um, I don't think anybody would be complaining if Oklahoma is the fourth team in because they are really, really fun to watch. Again, to sit down Friday night and you know watch that entire game. I, of course, used to cover West Virginia University. Uh, I was literally at the first game ever played in that stadium where they're still playing in. Uh, they brought in John Denver to sing Country Roads, never forget it. And uh, So, yeah, so I, I, I was and the West Virginia Morgantown crowd was completely juiced. West Virginia had a lot to play for as well. And uh, uh, but Oklahoma, again, you know, they they hung in there and pulled it out. So. They're deserving in my mind, and again, they're just electric. So, uh, if Georgia loses uh, to Alabama and Clemson and uh, Notre Dame stay at two and three, you have to think that Oklahoma is probably going to move into the number four spot. And I think uh, I, I think it would you know make for an exciting uh, final final entrant for the uh, college football playoff. Oh, yeah, there'd be some, some blue bloods and the nouveau riche with Clemson in there. That'd be quite a final four. It would be quite a final four, no doubt about it. Uh, Notre Dame, being the brand they are in and of itself, makes elevates the game, which is doesn't need much elevation, you know, uh, the college football playoff final four. But it, it's going to get one if Notre Dame's in there, period. Casual fans will turn in that may not have tuned in otherwise. It's just that simple for a Notre Dame game, you know, in the Final Four. Uh, but anyway, AP, it's uh, going to be fun to watch on Sunday, not alone, let alone Saturday. And uh, we're already at our last break of the day, so still a few more things to get to, which we'll do on the other side of this last break. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
This week on The Revolution, we're on a big game conquest for moose, grizzlies, whitetails, and more. Tune in as Stan Potts of North American Whitetail and Tim Brent with Jim Shockey's Hunting Adventures talk big game hunting. Plus, Jake Edson of Bushnell and Steve Nessel from Yamaha will discuss optics and off-roading. Jim and Trav's Big Game Conquest is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite hosts it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listener, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is college football conference championships in general, but specifically the Alabama-Georgia SEC championship game at 4 p.m. Saturday Eastern time. Uh... Uh, that's that's the game of the day. Uh, it's the rematch of last year's national championship game, AP. So should be a great one. You're going to be there, and uh, that's going to be a fun one to watch, I think, because Georgia and Alabama played such a fabulous national championship game, and here they are again Saturday. Yeah, they both have very good quarterbacks, running backs, um, coaching staffs. It'll be a great battle, one for the ages probably, I'm thinking. Oh, yeah, and uh, oh, by the way, right down the road from Athens, just like the National Championship game, uh, like an hour drive or thereabouts, if I'm not mistaken, from Athens, Georgia, to get over there. So it's uh, a, there'll be tons of Alabama people there, but it's also a bit of a, uh, it's a, bit of a home game, shall we say, for Georgia, that doesn't hurt either. So it's going to be great, AP. I'm sure you're looking forward to it. Tell you what wasn't so great, AP, was the injury to Mackenzie Milton, University of Central Florida quarterback. 
We've talked a lot about UCF this year. They remained undefeated despite him going out in the uh, second quarter. They won their rivalry game, not an easy one, at South Florida, Raymond James Stadium, where the Bucks play. And they still won despite losing their star quarterback. So, you know, they, uh, they play Memphis in the championship game, American Athletic uh, Conference on Saturday as well. But, AP, the, you know, the chips could have are, are dropping so that theoretically they still are, uh, have a chance for the college football playoff. Um, they're ranked at number seven. And if everything breaks... They could be in the Final Four, but uh, yeah, obviously, AP, it just wouldn't be the same without Mackenzie Milton. No, it's really a, uh, terrible that it happened, that injury, number one, because he's been such a great quarterback and representative for the school, and he's from Hawaii as well. That would have been interesting if they moved up into that fourth position and Alabama was the number one spot and two Hawaiian quarterbacks uh, going against each other. That would have been, what are the odds, John? Oh, I know. Yeah, two Hawaiian quarterbacks, you know, just lots of storylines. You know, uh, presumably if they get in or if they you would have, would, get, would have gotten in, you know, they'd come in at number four, Alabama theoretically number one. And yeah, against all against the backdrop of UCF last year basically declaring itself national champions and you know when Alabama was the consensus national champions and uh, so it would have added a little extra spice to the whole thing you know a little bit of a war of words uh, if you will in the off season uh, between the two schools and just the general backdrop of everything that went on last year carrying into this year again the way I see it AP you know if uh, you know if Alabama beats Georgia at number four, and then Oklahoma at number five uh, loses to Texas in the Big 12 championship game. Um, that's it. Ohio, Ohio State, yeah, and, and if Ohio State, they'd probably lose, have to lose to Northwestern. You're right, Ohio State's at number six, excuse me, yes. Knew there was somebody missing in there. So Ohio State's number six. They would need to lose to Northwestern. West, yeah, and I, I don't think Northwestern, John, has the offensive uh, potential to defeat Ohio State because they, Ohio State, they just score way too many points. And Northwestern would have it would be like probably the Auburn versus Alabama game where Northwestern has to keep it around in the 20s Correct. and have a chance. So that would be a superior defensive effort. And Ohio right. State and, has to have some turnovers as well. Right. Happen. But, you know, we all remember that Purdue did beat Ohio State. I mean, what would have right. to happen, AP, would just be, quite frankly, in my mind, that Ohio State put on such a performance on Saturday against Michigan that they would simply come out flat. A little hard to believe in yeah. the... Big Ten championship game with a lot on the line, but nonetheless, uh, you know, this kind of thing can happen because of the epic performance they put on on Saturday. You know, we've seen this before, and that would be, I think, uh, the only way that Northwestern could beat them 
where they just catch them flat on the heels of, frankly, one of the great victories in Ohio State history. Uh, so that, that's how I see that happening. And then Northwestern would, on the, you know, on the flip side, would have to play the game of their lives as well. So unlikely yet possible. Yes, it could happen. As we all know, that sometimes these young players, they forget that they have to finish their business. And, right, uh, the exactly. Other team is charged, Bingo. Charged up, right? The other team is charged up, Northwestern. Imagine Absolutely. Ohio State for that championship, they would live in infamy. You know what I mean? They would live forever in Northwestern lower. Exactly. Um Yes, so we shall see, uh, you know, in Northwestern, they've been a quality team for a number of years now. They've been to a Rose Bowl. Uh, they've had a great year, obviously. And, you know, you, again, this is college football. You never know. So, but even if at all those things happen and UCF actually would get in, for them to get in without Mackenzie Milton would be uh, just not quite the same. I don't know how else to say it. Um, no, there's, just, there's, there's no way. Know. There's no way it would be the same, John, because he's the leader of that team, and they've right. been undefeated all this long. And I, I mean, I don't even know who the the backup quarterback would be for, for Central Florida, but they'd have to play unbelievable defense just to stay close. If that happened, it would be, it would be a feather in the cap for American Athletic Conference. Oh my gosh, yes, yes. Just them making it would be tremendous. I mean. You know, we'll we'll see more on Saturday with their backup quarterback playing. He certainly did a nice enough job to bring him in, bring him home to beat South Florida. Again, that's a vicious rivalry game. One of the best names of an, in all rivalry games, the war on I-4. And uh, <laughs> so all credit to him for, you know, taking over the reins in the second quarter and leading him to victory there. And we'll see what he can do Saturday. And uh, But, you know, there's already a victory of sorts, uh, you know, where – it seems like they have a really good shot to finish in the top 10 for the American Conference, and that's a good thing. So we shall see, AP. It's uh, going to be a great weekend, and thanks for all your expert perspective, and enjoy the SEC Championship game on Saturday. Hey, thank you so much, John. Really enjoyed it, and I look forward to next week. All right, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.